Sunday, October the 23rd. Welcome to this Burlington Audio Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and inspired in your faith as you listen to this message. We'd love to hear what you think. Please be in touch with us through the website. More information and many more podcasts are all at burlingtonbaptist.org.uk. Thanks for listening. So we are going through Psalm 23. And today we have reached probably the most famous line. Even though I walk through the shadow of the valley of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. What's the next bit? Your rod and staff will comfort me. Any sign? Nope. Ranel. Yay! We're going to begin with a promise from God. A couple of weeks ago, I talked about uh, the fact that God restores our soul. And if you weren't here, I would really love you to go back and to have a little listen, because it's very much linked to what I am going to say today. And then we began with a promise. The promise then was that he will restore my soul. And today's promise is that you are with me. You are with me. Or as the NLT says, for you are close beside me. As I said two weeks ago, it's about to get a bit depressing, but it's got a good ending. So we're going to have a little bit of depressing and then we're going to have a little bit of good, okay? So very quickly, write down, you are with me or tell your neighbor next door, you are with me, God is with me, because you need to hold on to that for the next five minutes. So go, write it down, tell somebody else, God is with me or God is close beside me. We need to tell each other because we're going to get a bit depressing. Okay. Hands up if you told more than one person. Oh, tell another person then. You are with me. See, this is the promise of God. It says we're walking through the valley of the shadow of the death, which is not a good place to live. It's a hard place. It's a wilderness. It's a place where there is the shadow of death. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment. But the promise is that God, in whatever circumstances you find yourself in today, whatever hardship you face, whatever load of rubbish you have faced this week, God is beside you. Now, you might be thinking, I've had a really good week. Well, brilliant. I'm grateful for that. Do you know what? God's still beside you. It doesn't matter whether we're walking through the hardest times or the most celebrative times, we have a God who is always with us. And one of the things I've discovered this year is you can be walking through a really hard time, but actually also hold really good things at the same time. And the reason you can do that is that God is with us and God is good. So he helps us see and travel through the really hard times by also helping us understand how good life can and sometimes is, even in the hard times. Does that make sense? Okay, good. You're with me. 
The Bible, as I said last time, has this little verse that Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble. In this world you will have trouble. It's a fact, isn't it? I doubt any of us here will sit, will argue that life doesn't feel trouble sometimes. Anybody who's watched the news this week will know that we're in a bit of trouble. Not going to talk much about that because it'll make me cry. But we often face trouble in our lives. I couldn't even begin to list everything. But it could be about relationships or finances or ill health or problems with our past that keep grabbing us in the present. It's about living in a broken world. This world is not working in the way that God designed it in any way. In this world, you will have trouble. When I've preached this kind of talk before, lots of people afterwards have said these words to me. Well, it could be worse. (laughs) Some of you giggle because you know you've said that. And it could be worse. Some of us thought the beginning of September politics couldn't get worse. I'll leave that to you to discuss. It could be worse, and there is some truth in that. But actually, the reality is, whatever you're facing today that's hard, is hard. It's not a comparison game. It's not a, well, it could be worse. It's actually life can be full of trouble and life can feel hard and life is set up to make us worry and life throws things at us that we didn't expect. And sometimes we did expect them, but they take more of an effect on us than we thought they would. The Bible uses the word trouble in all kinds of circumstances. And what we've seen in what Margaret read to us is that there are lots of examples of heroes of our faith, David being one of them, who faces trouble. He faces trouble. Let's have a quick look at what Margaret read to us. So right at the end of 1 Samuel 20, verse 3, which is where we ended with that. You can read the rest in the middle if you would like to, or pay Margaret to read it to you because it would be lovely. David flees from Saul's assassination attempts. He says, I am one step away from death. Not death because of ill health, not death because of anything he's done himself. Death because someone else wants to kill him. That is a pretty troublesome place to be from where I'm sitting. That's a hard thing. That is a hard time. We read in chapter 20 that David becomes aware that Saul, the king of Israel, is jealous of him and wants to kill him. David reaches out to Saul's son, Jonathan, who is one of his best friends, and asks for help. Chapter 20 and 21 sees David realizing the risk to his own life and to flee and to all those places that Margaret uh, so bravely read. And he enters into hiding. He heads to a cave to hide. Man cave was not created in the last 20 years, just saying. So it's there in history. He went to his man cave. He hid away because his life was threatened. So he sits in his man cave. I wonder if it was a shed, really. I'm not sure. Sits in his man cave and he's faced with 
the trouble of life. Can you imagine how he was feeling? He's sitting in a cave knowing that most of the people he knows from Saul's army are chasing him, are looking to finish him off. That's a wilderness experience. Is it a wonder that David then writes in a psalm about the valley of the shadow of death? If anybody knew what that meant, it's David, isn't it? He sat in his cave, faced with trouble, faced with hard times, faced with problems. We all face troubled times. Now, on your tables, you've got a piece of paper and a pen. I am not going to make you talk to each other today. Some of you are really pleased about that. Some of you love a good chat, so you're a bit disappointed. Today is about you, your piece of paper, and God, okay? So I'm not going to make you talk about what you write on your pieces of paper. This is just for you to use to reflect as we go through. I wonder what trouble you're facing today. It could be something really obvious, a material trouble. Finance could be one of those things. I could put that on the top, the trouble the church is facing, our financial needs. Or it could be something... There's a bit more deep-rooted, the grief of a lost one for me. I wonder what the challenge, the trouble that you are facing today. As I said, nobody's going to look at your paper, but why don't we just have a moment of silence? And why don't you write down one of the troubles that you feel like you're in? You're sat in your cave right now. What trouble are you facing? another 30 seconds. I wonder what wilderness you find yourself in today. If you read the Psalms of David, it's very clear, very quickly that he was very honest about his troubles. He didn't write them down on a piece of paper and keep them to himself. He turned them into psalms and songs. This is one of them, Psalm 142. I cry aloud to the Lord. I lift up my voice to the Lord of mercy. I pour my complaint before him because I tell him my trouble. I tell him my trouble. You see, 
what you've written down there. God knows your trouble. God knows the pain. God knows what you're facing. God knows if it's waking you up in the night and your brain starts going. God knows how you feel. But also he loves it when you tell him. Because he longs to help you. He longs to be with you. He longs to share with you. He longs to provide for you. He longs to give comfort to you. How do we face hard times? We need to face them with God. We need to tell him the troubles that we face. Now, One of the tools that I found really useful that we teach on form with our interns is called the Identity Circle. And uh, we did this in the church meeting on Tuesday. So if you were there, you probably will go, oh, I recognize that. That's what we did uh, at the church meeting on Tuesday. I'd already written this talk before then, so I feel like Simon stole my thunder. But anyway, we'll just go there. But uh, Rich, could you bring the whiteboard? Beautiful assistant, drummer, service host, mover of uh, whiteboards. Um, however, I'm not going to make him write because his handwriting is terrible. So Alice is going to come and write. Should have been a GP. That's all I'm saying. Terrible handwriting. Alice's handwriting is much better. Brilliant. We'll find out. <laughs> so this is one of the tools that I would love us to try today as we think about the hard times that we are facing. And we're going to just have a quick example about how David, if he had had me as a form intern leader, could have faced this. And actually, as we read the story of David, we recognize he does exactly this. He does exactly this. So at the top of the uh, whiteboard, we have what is the trouble that David was facing? What was the trouble he was facing? He was going to be killed. He was facing assassination. Can you spell assassination? (laughs) How many S's? This is also why I've asked Alice to write, not me. He was facing assassination. Not just that, though. I mean, you know, that's bad enough. He was isolated from his people, wasn't he? He was uh, on the run. He probably didn't have a lot of resource for him. He sat in a cave. So he hasn't got sort of very secure shelter, probably not much food. And annoyingly, he's got 600 men who have, you know, supported him. That's great, but they probably need food and to stay hidden as well. It's not an easy place that he is facing. He sat in his cave. But we read in the Psalms that he looks to see who is his God. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You see, he's looking to a God who is taking away his fear. David was honest about his troubles, but also honest about his God. He was honest about his troubles. He could see them. He knew them. But he also looked to God and was honest about them. So what does he know about God in this moment? He knows that his life is safe in God's hands. He knows that God is God, and that his life is safe in his hands. 
he knows that God is always with him. That was the promise we had at the beginning, that God has promised he is always with him. He knows uh, all kinds of things about God's faithfulness. For example, if we were to open up Psalm 57, just one of the many we could choose from, it says this, I am surrounded by fierce lions who greedily devour their prey. My energies have set a trap for me, yet my heart is confident in you, for your unfailing love is as high as the heavens. He knows that he can be confident in God because God has unfailing love. Who is God? He is unfailing love. And it's as high as the heavens. Only God reigns. Only God rules. So who is God? Well, he's the God whose David's life is safe in his hands. He's God who is overall in charge. He's the ruler. He's full of unfailing love and faithfulness. Who is God? to David. Well, he turned them into Psalms. He turned them into Psalms. And so it's time for us to be a bit honest now. You've been honest about the trouble you're facing. Let's be honest about God now. Who is God in the trouble you wrote down? What do I know to be true about God right now? So when we did this on Tuesday at the church meeting, we wrote down things like, God gave it all for us. We wrote down, God is our Jehovah Jireh, our provider. We wrote down things like, God can do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine, because we were claiming the truth of who God was. So again, just a minute or two on your own. Thinking about your circumstances, who is God in that? Who is God in that? As I think about my own grief, I know that my mum is safe with my father God. That's the truth. He's welcomed my mum home. What's the truth of who God is? Okay, so the next question on the board and on your piece of paper is, who is God and what what have we seen of him before? So what experience tells me that this is true of God? Now, it's a bit hard for David because obviously uh, he didn't have the whole Bible at his disposal, did he? So he couldn't pick out, you know, a nice verse from Colossians 1 because it hadn't been written yet. But who is God in the Bible? Well, who is God in the Bible for 
uh, David is he wrote these words, didn't he? He knows that God is with him. So one of the verses in scripture he could pull on, even though it hadn't quite been finalized in the way it has now, would be Psalm 23 verse 4. He could hold on to that. What verses in scripture could you hold on to today? As you think about the hard time that you live in, what scripture could you hold on to? For me, it's about uh, that one that says there will be weeping at the night, but rejoicing in the morning. It's gone now, brain's dead. But about that truth for me. What Bible verse at this moment are you holding to? Why don't you just write that down for a second? And when you've written a Bible verse down, think back over your life. Are there times where God's acted before? So when we were reflecting on Tuesday, we remembered this building being built. And when we first got the uh, quote through, it was £400,000. And we thought, cool, we'll never raise that. And then it cost £1.3 in the end. And goodness me, did God provide. It was amazing. That's a story of God's faithfulness to us as a church family that we were holding on to on Tuesday. What stories in your own life could you hold on to? David must have been thinking about Goliath and how he managed to defeat Goliath. So surely Saul's easy, right? What stories in your life of God's faithfulness can you pull up as you face this hard time? Maybe just write a sentence or a word down that that prompts you of a time where God has been faithful to you through your life. Go, you've got a minute to write that down as well. And then uh, if you had time, you might want to do this at home. David couldn't do this because the cross hadn't happened yet. But because of the cross, what does that mean for you now? You see, the cross changed everything. And so I know I am a daughter of the king. That changes how I view hard times. I'm not on my own because I have a heavenly father who is king of kings. That changes everything. And that's because of the cross. You might want to spend some time thinking about that when you get home. You see, when we look at our troubles and then we weigh it up with who God is, something changes in us. Your faith muscles get stronger. As you look back and you see what God has done in the past, you know you can trust him for the future or the present, whatever that might mean. For David sat in his cave, once he started thinking of who God is, he was able to know the truth of who God was 
and know his future was secure because he had been anointed as king. He wasn't king right then, but he knew God had promised that to him. And therefore, he knew that he wasn't going to be killed in a cave because he wasn't king yet. And God had promised that. And God doesn't break his promises. So David sat in his cave. But as he begins to look at the promises of God, his circumstances feel different. They might not have changed in that moment. He's still sat in a cave, not on a throne. But actually, as he looks to God, he sees that he can trust him forevermore. So therefore, what was true of David now? Well, he didn't need to live in fear because God was with him. God was for him. God would lead him. God would supply all of his needs. And one day he would be king. Now that must have felt a long stretch in his mind at that point because his circumstances suggested the opposite. But he knew that God had promised that to him. And so he was secure in that. Thinking about who God is, how do you get to live now? How do you get to live? I get to live knowing that God is healing my heart. I get to live knowing that one day I will see my mum in heaven and we will have a party. I get to live like that. That's a promise I live by. In the light of what you've written down, how do you get to live now? Why don't you write it down? How do we walk through a valley or a wilderness or through troubled times? I think the key is to be honest with God about our troubles, but honest with ourselves about the God who loves us. If we can do both of those things, then walking through a valley becomes a different experience for us. I talked last time when we were looking at God restoring our soul about needing others in that. And that's still true of this, isn't it? Because actually, once we're honest with God, and we are honest about who God is, we often need someone to come alongside us and pray that for us. Because sometimes the being honest about our troubles can overwhelm who God is. And that's hard. And so sometimes we need others to remind us of who God is, to remind us of a Bible verse, to remind us of an experience in our own lives or in their lives where God was able to help them. Traveling through hard times is troublesome. It's hard. But actually, we need to show our troubles who God is. And we need to speak them out. And we need to trust him 
even though that's hard sometimes. So let's just uh, pause for a moment. We're going to pray. We're just going to allow God to speak to us. Thank you, Alice, very much for writing for us. Let's just pause. What is God saying to you about your troubles? What is God saying to you about who he is? Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. We're honest, Lord, about our troubles. And we are honestly saying we need you. Help us to know the truth of who you are. Remind us of times in our past where you have been faithful or brought us through. Remind us of times where we've seen that in others' lives too. Remind us of times where we've seen your faithfulness and your goodness and known your presence with us. But also, Lord, help us to live in the light of that. Pray for the person on my left and the person on my right May they this week know who you are, who you really are. May they know the truth of these words that you are with us, that your rod and your staff comfort us. Becky's going to sing a song over us that she's written. And the words are just perfect for this moment. Why don't we allow these words to take hope in our hearts? Let's make room for these words. As they speak of who you are, Lord, may we be encouraged to live in the light of this.